Hi, you're listening to Vertical Voice Podcast. I'm your host, Rob Taylor. Welcome back. If that intro was a bit of a shock to the system, I apologise, but if I want my podcast to sound even vaguely professional, it has to have a jingle, and that was the least offensive one I could find. I hadn't planned to do any more episodes for about a year and a half since the last bunch, because I've had to leave the UK for work and I didn't want to do interviews via Skype. But then a couple of things have happened, obviously, to uh, change my mind. First off, a pandemic swept the world and has changed how people interact, you may have noticed, so I wouldn't have been doing in-person interviews anyway. Secondly, I heard about a website that piqued my interest, and I wanted to find out more. So without further ado, let's hear from Adam Godwin, who has made a website that might just be able to predict when your roots are in perfect condition. Hi, welcome to Vertical Voice Podcast. I'm your host, Rob Taylor. Today's episode is a little different. I'm talking to Adam Godwin, who has created the website winterclimbingforecasts.co.uk. And this is a web... Yeah, this is a website that apparently can help forecast when a Scottish winter climb will be in condition. Adam, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, Robert. So how, what was the genesis of this project? How did you come up with the idea of this website and how does it work? Well, I think like a lot of Scottish winter climbers, um, sometimes you feel like you're just a bit of a meteorologist and you spend all winter uh, looking at weather forecasts, um, posts on Avalanche blogs, uh, posts on UKC and Facebook to see what's in condition. And uh, yeah, so I think about this time last year, um, the sort of idea was planted and I started on it. And so it got a bit of use um, last year, sort of amongst myself and sort of a group of friends. um, And we sort of tweaked a little bit. And yeah, and then in March, as we all know, um, in the UK, we went into lockdown and I started working quite a lot on it then. And yeah, I've sort of uh, launched it just now. So originally um, I wanted to give it out to the climbing community for free. Um, but as as I developed it and realized there was a, gonna be some overheads with it, um, I've sort of made a freemium version. So part of it's free and you get to see sort of a limited amount of routes. And then there's another part with a subscription uh, to hopefully cover my, my overheads basically. So yeah, that's that's the sort of idea behind it. Cool. So what's happening at the back end here? Obviously, no one's updating this website. You know, you're not sitting at your computer going, "Oh, I've heard that's in," and updating it. Where does it get the information from that it then displays to us? Yeah. So um, I suppose something important to to say about it is it's it's making predictions on the ethical conditions of routes. So um, as winter climbers, what we'd consider to be uh, in Nick. So for example. Uh, Turf should be frozen. Uh, snowed up rock roots should have rime on them. Uh, things like that. Um, it's it's not explicitly making predictions on the safety of a route. Um, I mean, if you go go down that way of thinking, I mean, ultimately it would be not recommending to climb, uh, say, snowed up rock roots while they're plastered in ice and rime. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah. I'm not sat here every night going through thousands of routes. Uh, doing the forecast for the next five days on them. Uh, you're right. So it's got some, uh, what we call artificial intelligence um, behind the scenes. So it gets the the weather forecasts from the Met Office and has been for uh, a long time. And then it sort of looks at the last several weeks of weather 
and makes predictions on the ethical condition from those. So there's there's two two kinds of artificial intelligence uh, inside of it. So to use a sort of fancy word, um, what one of the kinds is called a symbolic artificial intelligence. So this is sort of sometimes known as sort of good old fashioned AI that's been around since uh, so 19, well, 50s, 60s and 70s. And it's still used in um, expert systems uh, today. And without getting too technical, uh, it's sort of a rules based way of trying to solve a problem. So I think as, as all winter climbers, um, we have sort of rules of thumb that we look for when we're looking in the weather forecast, trying to work out what will be in condition. So um, for example, um, let's say you're looking at a turfy mixed route and um, that part of the AI will look for things in the, the weather forecast, such as there's been a good period of cold beforehand to freeze the turf, but there hasn't been a big dump of snow to bury it and potentially insulate it. Uh, then you've got things in the sort of the couple of days before to do with sort of the wind and the temperature, um, both the direction of the wind and the strength to do with sort of is it going to make rhyme on, on the route as well? And then it, it looks at things like, is, is the snow line sort of just below the crag? So, you know, you're not, you're not wading in from ground level in deep powder, but, you know, you're not just climbing onto bare rock. Um, and then it's, it's got other things in there, such as um, typically if the, if the wind's coming across Scotland, if you're on the other side of the country to the wind, that can be quite beneficial um, for routes like that. Um, if it was, say, on the cobbler, you've got quite some uh, south-facing routes on there. And if the sun's shining on it, that can strip the rhyme really quick. So it's got things like that in it looking um, like that. And let's say there's been a four the day before and then a sharp freeze. That can make verglass in the, cla uh, the cracks. So it looks at things like that. So, so that's just for turfy mix. But there's, um, there's several other kind of routes from um, mountaineering ridges to snow gullies. And then you've got your snowed up rock roots, turfy mixed roots that we just spoke about. Um, icy mixed roots as well, ones that have a bit of ice on them, and not too many of them, but things like water ice and snow ice gullies and snow ice faces, uh, all got sort of different sort of rules that it looks at for how they come into condition. Um, yeah, so that's that's the symbolic AI um, side of it. Um, yeah, um, would you like me to talk about the other side as well without getting too too nerdy. Please, I think it's uh, dead interesting so far and I think most climbers will appreciate that it's kind of doing what they themselves have already been doing up till now, if you get what I mean. Yeah, and I think the nice thing as well is um, it, it takes into account sort of intricacies with different routes. So some routes come into condition um, quicker than others, even if they're on the same crag. Um, so it takes into account that. So it's, it's quite nice to sort of uh, um, see that that shin on the forecast sometimes that even though you know these rules of thumb as a, as a climber, it's it's hard to sort of have a knowledge. Well, unless you're Simon Richardson, it's hard to have a knowledge of every, thousands of thousands of routes and uh, when they come in. So, um, yeah, it's quite nice like that. And um, I think, yeah, I think we're all guilty of it in the community that we... We just sort of look where people have been the day before on say UKC or Facebook and then we just we just go the same place. So um yeah, I hope this kind of tool where you can see it going to it might give you sort of the, the confidence to try and go to a new place um and climb in a new area rather than just um 
sort of uh, hammering the Norris and the Ben, really. Yeah, we definitely have seen a bit of a honeypotting effect. You know, some someone will log a route somewhere popular like Northern Corries or on the Ben or some somewhere like that. And the next day you see, you know, dozens of routes along there and it's a snowball effect. And then if no one's gone to these remote, slightly esoteric Corries up in the hills, maybe nothing gets logged there, even though it was in perfect nick. So do you, is there any part of the program that learns? So say, say a route gets logged and the program was predicting it to be in condition, the route gets logged. Does that reinforce the sort of logic, the artificial intelligence? So this is the other, the other side to the artificial intelligence. So there's something in there called machine learning and specifically something called uh, deep learning. So anyone who reads the papers these days will be aware that um, artificial intelligence is making a lot of breakthroughs um, all over the place in business, but in science and um, in games as well. And yeah, some seen some amazing things in the sort of last few years. And that the reason for that is something called deep learning. So um, since, well, since the 1980s, there's been a, a way of doing artificial intelligence that's very different to what I just spoke about. So rather than sort of using rules and these categories of routes and um, sort of using reason to make a prediction. Um, this deep learning or mach machine learning, um, basically you just give it lots of data. Um, so in this case, it would be say like the last several weeks, weather, and then you just give that, that a label saying, okay, with this weather, this route was in good condition or it was in marginal or poor or terrible condition. And then, yeah, the that rather than you as the programmer telling it what the rules are, the AI actually learns and looks for patterns in that. So one of the ways you can do this is to actually uh, mimic the human brain. So the, the human brain is made up of uh, neurons, and these are connected together by uh, synapses. And you can you can model this um, basically on a on a computer, and effectively you make a, a brain that learns the patterns. Um, and then when you give it a new, say, weather forecast, it will hopefully predict what uh, condition that will be in. So, so the other side to it is I've got some what we call deep learning in there that has these sort of uh, mimicking the human brain to make forecasts. So yes, this is, this is one of the, in the long run, one of the real nice features about the website is as people use it, there's a, there's a feature to say an observed condition so you can go on and if you've climbed something today or in the days before, you can say, okay, it was in marginal condition or it was in good condition. And in, in time that feeds into the AI for the future forecasts and will make them more, more accurate. So, that, so that's quite nice because it, it goes above, it's a bit more nuanced than these rule-based rule approach. Although they're quite intricate, what I've done, as I described before, with Turfy Mix, um, you can definitely get some nuance in there. So, yeah, as, as in the years and, I don't know, maybe getting a bit ahead of myself, decades to come, um, the tool will learn and get more and more sort of uh, accurate as we go along, yeah. So, yeah, that's quite a, a nice part of it. Um, I spent a long time uh, this year in lockdown um, playing around with different combinations of doing that. And, uh, yeah, eventually got, after a lot of testing uh, and experimenting, sort of found a good mix of uh, how to do that, yeah. So, yeah, quite excited about that that part of it, yeah. 
That's really interesting. So for as prep for this podcast, I spoke to a couple of friends of mine, one of whom researches sort of more general AI and one of whom is kind of just fairly knowledgeable about the subject in general. And, you know, there's the old joke that, what is it, general AI is always 15 years away. But this kind of sort of rule-based yeah. rule based machine learning AI, obviously, like you said, it's been used in a lot of things already, banking, who can get mortgages, things like that. And I don't see why it shouldn't be applied to something like this. I think... I think climbers will be initially a little bit sceptical, but like you said, it's the tool that can improve itself, which is the cool thing. So again, that URL is winterclimbingforecasts.co.uk. Yeah, so yeah, please, please check it out. And if you've got any feedback on it, um, please, yeah, let me. Let me know and I can I can improve it, yeah. If they want to support the project, they can obviously sign up for the premium version and that gives access to a few more crags, am I right? Yeah, so as, as I said, um, it, it is a community project really, but unfortunately um, the reality of overheads, so um, things like getting the domain, but also um, because people can sign up to it, uh, I need to get sort of encryption on that for security. So I need to pay for the little green padlock you see when you're on a website. Um, yeah, and then unfortunately with the deep learning stuff, um, it does take a bit of infrastructure to uh, get those brains to, to learn the pattern. So I've had to cover that. Um, yeah, and, and yeah, other things as well, such, such as, um, I mean, if it's, I've had to be quite prudent. And although the tools designed for sort of ethical predictions and not safety ones, um, you know, there are concerns for myself around personal liability. So um, that costs money as well to protect myself with that. So, yeah, so that's unfortunately why I've had to uh, have a subscribed part to it as well. Yeah. So, yeah, so the free part, you can um, see, I think around about 5% of the routes on there. Um, and then uh, if you subscribe, it's, I think it's 11.99 a year. So basically a pound a month or, um, I suppose if the winter season six months in a good year, two, two pound a month. And then, yeah, you, you can see all the routes then and you can give feedback that I just talked about there. And there's also like a favorites list as well. So if you've got sort of dream routes as we, as we all have and you, you want to know when they're in condition, you can quickly access those on a favorite list uh, rather than having to search for them. So yeah, that's, that's some of the features. Uh, with it. You said that uh, you and your climbing buddies were using this last season. So how did you find it worked? Did you find that it was being quite accurate or did it send you on any kind of random wild goose chases? Uh, yeah, I think um, if anything, it's been, I've kind of reined in on those rule-based predictions I was speaking about. Um, I've, it's definitely quite cautious on those. Um, and perhaps times when stuff has been climbed, it's been saying it's in terrible condition. Um, so I'm sort of slowly sort of taking the reins off that um, as as we go along because um, the last thing I want, I think if something if it says something's in terrible condition and it gets climbed, um, I think that's not as bad as it saying something being in good condition <laughs> and it's definitely not climbable. Um, yeah, so uh, yeah, it worked quite well. Um, it's was, it was a strange season uh, last last year. So um, some snowed up rock routes were getting done very early in the season. And then it, it just sort of rained for the, the entire season, which was sort of when I really started making this. Um, but then that rain actually worked out quite well because um, a lot of the minor scullies, say, on Ben Nevis came into condition. Um, yeah, so it was really good with sort of the, um, like sort of a lot of the snowed up rock, turfy mixed, um, 
and mountaineering ridges. Um, and then, yeah, as, as those minor scullies came in, um, needed a bit of work just to kind of predict those coming in. It's, it's definitely the, the snow ice gullies and snow ice face routes are definitely quite intricate in sort of predicting those coming to condition because you, you need a base of snow and then those freeze four cycles and then you know a good good day or two before just to make it all settle as well so um, yeah it's yeah. a very specific mix isn't it to to bring in all the different types of route so for the for the parameters obviously you're getting data from the met office for the parameters that you're telling the computer to look for have you spoken to, for example, you mentioned Simon Richardson, or are you going off your own and your friends' experiences? Yeah, so, so I've not spoken to Simon Richardson uh, directly um, about this. Although, like many climbers, I have um, Chasing the Ephemeral uh, book, which is brilliant. Oh, it's fantastic, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's really good. It's really good. And I, I like the ethos of um, sort of encouraging people to go different places and uh, sort of more that exploratory style of climbing. So we, uh, we actually had Simon on the show about a year ago, more than a year ago, talking yeah, about Chase. Yeah. yeah, so I I'd honestly, uh, drop, him a, I'd drop him a line and you might be able to uh, get some information from him, some sort of secret knowledge. Like you said, if there's anyone that knows how to predict conditions, it would be Simon. Yeah, well, well imagine if he, he used it every day for 10 years with the, the deep learning. You're basically just going to learn Simon Richardson's brain on the... Uh, that would be, his, yeah. Um, his forecasting brain on the... Uh, on the forecaster so that's the real power behind that sort of deep learning that if you've got the sort of community of people like that using it yeah it would get really accurate that's so, fantastic um, yeah yeah so i've not spoken to him directly but i'm familiar with the rules in chasing the ephemeral and myself and my my friend's experience um in the mountains as well um yeah so it's, it's sort of based based on those that's super well i I really hope that this tool takes off and I hope the community embraces it and I hope people subscribe as well because it does sound worthy of uh, being supported. And I hope the deep learning gets loads of uh, loads yeah, of input I mean, and loads of information and it, uh, it just grows and grows. And imagine there's there would be nothing realistically that I can think of to stop it from ever one day becoming totally accurate. Yeah, I mean, in the long term with this deep learning, yeah, it could become like really, really nuanced and accurate, yeah. So um that's that's the long game. I hope it, I hope it is of use to everyone. Um, as someone who's in that community, um, I, I I am finding it useful myself. Um, not that I can get out at the moment, and I haven't been able to winter climb since March uh, last last year, but um, or this year. Um, but yeah, I've, I've, I find it useful, and yeah, I think it it's something that just sort of fits in with all the other tools that you use. So you know, you're still going to be checking the avalanche forecast on S. AIS and uh, perhaps MWIS as well for the weather and looking at Facebook photos and UKC, but hopefully this just fits in with all that community of tools. And um, yeah, like I said, sort of similar to chasing the ephemeral gives people that confidence to go, you know what, actually I'm going to go to this new place rather than just repeating a route someone did yesterday in say Snector or something like that. So yeah, I hope I do hope it is of use to everyone. So. It's definitely, you can definitely add a sort of super freemium version where you're walking along one day in like February and you get a text to your phone telling you like Gully of the Gods is in condition or Kinder Downfall is now in. So you can just drop everything. Like, excuse me, guys, I got to go. This is urgent. Straight in the car. Get yeah. straight there. Have it plugged into sort of an alarm on your phone or something. Yeah, exactly. So I've, I've actually got sort of a funny, funny thing, actually. So, um, so I've lived in Glasgow for several years now and... Um, do a lot of winter climbing from here and uh, me and one of my friends started a um, 
sort of competition called the golden ice screw where we so I, so I actually got an old ice screw and I sprayed it gold and um it's a bit like the Palladior in uh, Chamonix. Uh, I, I like to think it's more, more a more big, bigger competition, more prestigious. Obviously, I mean everyone's heard of the goal and ice screw. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so, it's, so the idea is basically whoever does the most um, routes in a in a winter season, and this this can be anything. So it could be you've just come down number four gully after a day on the bend, and you still get to count that as an additional route, um, or it could be. For example, I, I did the Cullen Ridge uh, a couple of years ago, and um, I was trying to claim 20 routes linked together for it, but my my friend or competitor uh, said that it's listed in the guidebook as one route, so I get one point for it. Um, so, yeah, so we've uh, we've done this for a few years, and uh, so on some level, I think I've maybe just created this tool just to get a sort of edge over him in the Golden Ice School competition. Um, but- Absolutely, yeah. The Coolin Ridge in winter, that's one that I think that's one a lot of people would use this uh, this tool for. And imagine if you can get someone like Mike Lates using it as well and how that would help the machine learning. Yeah, that would be yeah, brilliant. Yeah. So um, hopefully uh, the community finds it useful and hopefully uh, I win the Golden Ice Crew competition for uh, years to come. Well, thanks very much for coming on the show, Adam. It's been a dead interesting chatting to you. No, yeah, I hope it was an interesting one. Yeah, thanks.